Uh, as I mentioned at the very beginning of service, and you can hear in my voice even now, it's not at 100%. It's probably at like 25%. Uh, but, um, you know, it was good. It was worth it. It started last week at the picnic where I was having all kinds of fun with all of you guys jumping in a lake fully clothed because my four-year-old nephew went, meow, you jump in lake now? Yes. Followed up by singing at, the, at Ken's funeral, which was just gorgeous. I was talking to John about that, about the, all the stories that, of course, I didn't know him very well. I know a lot of you guys knew him extremely well and had a, he had a big impact on your lives. I didn't know him as well. So to get to hear all of those stories and stuff like that, that was great. And then yesterday, I did my first wedding. So we got that one ch checked off too. So my voice has been a little bit overworked, but that's all right because I love it. And that's what we do. So you're just going to have to listen to the graveliness of it all uh, today. We're going to take a break. In a few weeks, we'll start a new series. Uh, we just finished walking through First Peter. Um, in a few weeks, we'll start a new series. But I like to give a couple weeks off in between series, kind of allow our brains to relax, you know. So instead, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. And uh, the next two weeks, we're going to walk through the whole of Romans chapter 12. Now, here's the thing. We could spend months in the book of Romans, including over a month just in Romans chapter 12. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that I don't talk about in this passage. You might go, Pastor, when I read this passage, I get this. That's great. I'm picking out the stuff that as I was preparing the message, I felt God put on my heart to say. There's a ton of stuff in this. And I, in fact, encourage you to do your own studies through the book of Romans and then through Romans chapter 12 as you look through this. Paul is a theologian, perhaps the best theologian of his time outside of Jesus himself. He's a lawyer, so it can be a little bit hard to read sometimes, but that's all right. We're going to work our way through it. So Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at the first eight verses today. It'll be up there. Let's read it. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. It reads, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, or act of worship in other translations. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith. Service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. All right, let's dive into this a little bit. The first two verses of this passage, I'm guessing a lot of you, if not most of you, have known, probably have memorized in some way. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Let's start there. Also, you'll notice, normally I give you fill in the blanks. I messed up. I printed them out. I copied them off. I cut them. I was about to put the first one in the bulletin, and I went, I never took out my words. 
So this week, you don't have to fill in the blanks. You get to just take all of your own notes. Made it a little easier for you. So number one is still present your bodies. He starts off by saying, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living. Let's stop there. A living. We know, right, back in the Old Testament times, sacrifices had to be killed. There was a shedding of blood that was required. The shedding of blood is required for the remission of sins. Now, we know that in our New Testament day and age that we live, that shedding of blood was Christ. We no longer have to kill doves. We no longer have to kill lambs. We don't have to kill animals anymore because of what Christ did on the cross for us. So when Paul says a living sacrifice, when he would have told that to these people, the church in Rome, it would have blown their minds because they're so used to killing things. And it wasn't just the Jewish culture. Look throughout every pagan culture of the day, sacrifices had to be killed. That's the whole point of the word sacrifice. But not us anymore. We sacrifice our lives. Now, for some of us, it does mean that we might have to give up our actual life. But Paul is saying, give up everything that you are. And here's the thing. You're giving up your body. We talk a lot about the body, whether you're a, a dichotomist or a trichotomist, and we can talk about that some other day. It just means, do you believe there's soul and spirit separate or the same? Either way, we always say that this body, this fleshy shell, is literally just that, a shell. That it's not what's important, that it's what's inside. The spirit that makes you who you are that's important. Here's the thing, though. Paul says, offer up this body. Why? How many of you, by a show of hands, yep, audience participation, by a show of hands, have worked or are currently employed somewhere? Yeah, that's a lot of people. Did you know if you didn't have your body, you couldn't do that? Which means the money in your paycheck is literally dependent upon your body. I can't do that without a body. I just took a breath. I can't go have fun. I can't watch a football game. I can't read God's word. I can't exist the way that we are made to exist without this shell. So while, yes, the soul and spirit is way more important, everything that I am, everything I'm able to do, every talent that I have, every gift that I have, every ability is useless without this body. So when Paul says, offer up your body, he's saying literally give everything that you are. Your money, your time, your talents, your gifts, your wants, everything. Give it all. A whole living and holy sacrifice. And then to present your body. If I was going to present somebody with an award, that would mean I would literally give it to them. To present something means you have to give it. It's a choice. It's an action. And that's what Paul is saying don't just wake up in the morning and be like, well, yeah, I'm going to live. No, 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 no. Present your body to God. Say, it's all yours. Everything I have today, everything I am today, whether I'm 100% or 25%, everything I have, it's yours to do with what you will. This life, this day, this moment is yours to do with what you will. And whether you require me to die for you or to live for you right now, it's yours. There's a whole lot more in that that we could dive into, but we're not. 
We're going to continue on into verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I have a water bottle here, and if you'll grant me, I'm going to take a drink from it. It's got a weird little shape here. It kind of bends in in the middle. The nice thing is the water that I put that was put in this in the factory, wherever Great Value brand bottles their water, the water took the shape of this bottle. Or it was conformed to the shape of this bottle. And if I poured this water out, I'm not going to, but if I poured this water out into another container, it would then conform to that shape. To conform means you change what you are and how you look to look like whatever is around you. And the Bible says, don't do that. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. This world has a very particular shape. It likes to say that right is wrong and wrong is right. It likes to say you're not good enough. It likes to say you don't make enough money. It likes to say you don't do this, you do this, da 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 da, da. And the Bible says, no, 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 no. Don't be conformed. And the only way you can do that is if you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul just talked about the body in verse 1. And then he talks about the mind in verse 2. Because here's the thing. I mentioned that this body allows us to do everything. But it's the mind that controls the body. You ever just sit and just look at your hand and just clench your fist, open it again? You know how cool that is? The fact that you can move, the fact that I can walk like this, that doesn't happen if my brain's not firing and telling it to do it. Now, again, if I just stand here and go, hand, move. Nope, nothing. But without even thinking about it, I can just do it. Your brain is so incredible. Your mind is so incredible. And Paul says it needs to be transformed each and every day by the renewing. It needs to be renewed each and every single day. So how can you do that? There's a couple things you can do. I'll tell you this much. The first thing, the most important thing in my book, you got to start each day with God. You all know it. I'm not a morning person. Mornings and I don't get along. But I get up, and I give God the first hour or so of my day. Sometimes the devotion is not good. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I've fallen asleep once or twice. That's all right. I'm giving God that first hour. Because I recognize the fact that if I'm not going to be conformed to this world, I need my mind renewed each and every day, and so do you and I. We're all in it together like that. Like I said, there's way more in those two verses, but we're going to continue on. So number one was present your bodies. Number two was through the grace given. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. If there was anybody really in Scripture, in the New Testament Scriptures, besides Jesus, of course, that had reason to say, listen, I can tell you things based upon my own merit, it would have been Paul. And in fact, there are times in his letters where he lists everything he has done, and then he goes, but it's for naught. What does he cling to? The fact that he has grace given to him through God. He looks at these people in Rome, and he says, listen, it's not because of what I've done. It's not because of anything. It's because of who God is and the grace he has given me. Don't think too highly of yourself. Because we're all members of one body. 
We're all different, but we're all members of one body. He's going to go on here, and he's going to list a whole bunch of different gifts, spiritual gifts. And the point being that we're different. One of the gifts that he lists there, down in uh, verse, oh, where is it? Verse 6, is prophecy. We'll start with that one. Now, prophecy is not foretelling. It is not telling the future. Prophecy is forthtelling. It is speaking forth the truths of God, usually the hard truths of God. Look back in the Old Testament at all of the prophets. Very few of them saw the future. He granted it to some. You have people like Daniel or Isaiah where he granted some, but most of the time, what was the prophet's job? To go and speak God's truth to the people of Israel. So when you're a prophet, and I start with that one because that's one of the gifts that God has given me. I love to speak God's truths. I don't struggle to speak God's truths. I can struggle to teach it sometimes, and we're going to talk about teaching here in a minute, but I don't struggle to speak them out. It's not hard for me to look at somebody who's in sin and go, hey, fuck up, buddy. And if all of us were like that, the world would be a really bad place. And then he continues on down there in verse 6 and 7 and 8, and he talks about all these different gifts, and he goes, listen, if prophecy and if service, some of us have the gift of service. It's amazing to me to watch people serve. That it's nothing to them. Yeah, I'll give up my time. It's just time. It's incredible to me, because to be honest with you guys, that is not one of the giftings God has given me. Now, I can serve, and I was raised in a house where I was taught to serve. And just because you don't have the, quote, spiritual gift does not mean you're not told to do certain things. But for some people, it's amazing just to watch them serve. Or he who teaches in his teaching. What's the difference between teaching and prophecy? Prophecy, I said, is that, that forth telling. You speak the words of God. Teaching is being able to sit down with somebody and break it down, parse it out. Be like, hey, let's da, 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 da. And so they actually learn stuff. Prophecy involves more of slapping you in the face. Teaching involves more of the sitting there and bringing you along gently. You can have both, but that's the difference there. And some people are just incredible teachers. Somebody like my mom is an incredible teacher. She is good at just breaking it down and making it simple. I struggle with that. I'm like, okay, why aren't you getting this? I've said it three times. And she's like, well, say it differently. And I'm like, no. Right? So some people are teachers. Or he who exhorts, did you know that being an encourager is a spiritual gift? Some people just naturally encourage people. And that's so incredible. And you need to surround yourself with people like that. That just naturally encourage or he continues on and he goes, or he who gives with liberality. I think of Miller Hall, who just moved down to Florida a few weeks ago, right? A month ago. He was and is a giver. He'd give everything, time, money, his, possession, his possessions. I have a library strictly because of Miller Hall, because he wanted to give and so, while we're all called to give, some people are natural givers in that way. 
or he who leads with diligence, or he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. He goes and talks about these things. And he's going, listen, you need to exercise them accordingly. That's number three. We kind of blended number two and three together here. That's all right. You're supposed to use them according to the faith that God has given you. And here's the thing. You might be thinking to yourself, I don't really have a lot of faith. Pretty sure that the Bible says that uh, faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. God's not asking you to move a mountain. God's asking you to use the gifts that he's given you in whatever way. And here's the thing, right? I mentioned it with prophecy. If all of us were givers, doesn't that sound great? But here's the thing. Nobody'd be serving anybody. Or nobody'd be teaching anybody. And there's other lists of spiritual gifts in Scripture. Nobody would be doing those things. The body is made separate and different, but the same. Even something like music. I think of somebody like myself and Ken and Maddie and my grandma and Kathy and my Aunt Lori who are up here on a Sunday morning, all of us doing music, but all of us different in the ways we do music. So even in the moments when you might have the same talents as people, it's still different. Because God looked down and said, that church only needs one Sam. But that church also needs a Ken. And it needs a Maddie. And it needs a Flo. That feels weird. It needs a grandma. Can't call her Flo. Nope. Even my dad or Ian who are back there with the soundboard, that's still music, but it's different. We all are given different gifts. Even in the same area, it's still different. Because we're one body, but all different. Your eyes don't smell. Your nose does. But you need both. Your mouth doesn't see, I hope. And if it does, please don't tell me. I don't want to know. It's really hard to walk without feet. It's hard to pick things up without hands. Now, you might be one of those people like me that sometimes tries to pick things up with their feet and you kind of like throw it up to yourself and grab it, but it still doesn't work as well as if you just bend down and pick it up with your hands. Sometimes we're used in a way that's not quite perfect, but there are things that we're supposed to do. So what's the point? Where is it all going? I want to encourage you guys. Act in the talents and gifts God has given you. Some of you guys, and I know who you are, and I'm not going to start calling people out because somebody would go, well, they didn't talk about me. Does he not see me? No, I see it. Trust me. And if I don't see it, somebody else does. And God sees it, and that's what's most important. But there are some of you who are incredible at service. And when we need a helping hand, you go, I'll do it. Thank you. There are some of you that are incredible givers. And I was just talking to somebody. We raised almost $50,000 in like two months. Do you know how incredible that is? God is so good to put on your hearts to do that. That's incredible. Giving. Or somebody who teaches in Sunday school who was willing to come and teach on a day that maybe I can't. All of you have these different giftings and talents and abilities. Maddie and Ken willing to fill in on worship team when I don't have a singing note in me. Or my aunt, now I'm calling people out. I said I wasn't going to do it. Here we go. Who sings the hymns on a Sunday morning. She loves to do that. 
good. You keep doing that. We all have these different talents and gifts and abilities, but it's what makes this place run. And not just this church. I'm talking about the body. Because if this building passed away, you know what? We'd still have a church. If this building went up like Summit did a few weeks ago, and we came back and it was a shell, we'd still have a church. And we could still do such incredible things for God because of what each and every one of you can do. Act in your giftings. Act in your talents by the faith that God's given you. Here's the thing. Take a step. If you're like, well, you know, I don't know if that's for me. Try it. If it's not for you, cool. (laughs) We'll find something else. Maybe it is for you. I told people for years, I'm not doing kids stuff. Here I am doing VBS and stuff like that. Love it. I told people for years after my mother left, I'm never doing music again. I'm not singing. I'm not doing it. Here I am. Take a step in faith that God is asking you to take. Because you never know what he's going to do with it. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can sing, that we can worship you. Father, thank you for the different gifts and talents and abilities that you've given us. Help us to act in faith through your grace that you've given us to do it. God, it all goes back. Here's the thing. I will willingly sing. I will willingly work. I will willingly do things. We will willingly do things if our minds are being renewed and if we're willing to present our bodies as a sacrifice to you and go, today, whatever it is you want from me, If you want me to preach, I'll preach. If you want me to teach, I'll teach. If you want me to sing, I'll sing. If you want me to serve, I will serve. Give, I will give, whatever it be. If we are willing to present our bodies to you and say, God, whatever you have for me today. Oh, to see what you would do is incredible. We love you, Father. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen and amen.